journey into a world where nightmare becomes reality. You're listening to The World of Horror, and I'm your host, Andy. Join me as we take a closer look at some lesser-known horror movies. Today's film is called Blue Eyes of the Broken Doll. It's a Spanish horror giallo film. You know, most of giallo films were produced in Italy or were Italian-made films. This is a Spanish version of that. Um, the film was directed by Carlos Arred. And he is mostly known with doing a lot of Paul Nashi uh, Spanish horror films, uh, working a lot with Paul Nashi, and also doing some adult films later on in his career. The film was written by Jacinto Molina, which is a pen name for Paul Nashi. So yes, Paul Nashi also wrote this movie. The movie was filmed around Madrid, Spain, and the language spoken was Spanish and it had English dubbing. And Paul Nashi, he is a pretty well-known name in the horror community. He is uh, known for doing a lot of Spanish horror, and Paul Nashi starred as a werewolf in 12 different Spanish horror films. And the cast is largely made up of actors that did a lot of work with in Spanish films. The movie features the tune Frere Jacques, occasionally played on the soundtrack. Uh, it's slightly jazzed up with bass, drums, and violin during the murder scenes, and I feel like this is probably where they take some inspiration for some of the Italian giallo films where they play children's songs and that are tied in with the murders in some way. The film was released theatrically in its native Spain in August of 1974, and the film was released theatrically in the United States by Independent International Pictures in April of 1976, titled House of Psychotic Women. There was a heavily edited TV version that was released in the United States called House of Doom, the film was released complete and unedited on a special edition DVD in 2007 by Demos Entertainment, a subdivision of BCI Eclipse, as under the title Blue Eyes of the Broken Doll with added audio commentaries. It was also released on Blu-ray by Shout Factory as part of their Paul Nashi collection. While not prosecuted for obscenity, the film was seized and confiscated in raids in the UK under Section 3 of the Obscene Publications Act. 1959 during the video nasty panic probably due to the lurid video box art strangely although this was nashi's take on the italian giallo genre the film does not appear to have been theatrically distributed at all in italy france or germany it had been a long time between men for the three strange sisters i think i can offer you something interesting what did they want with a man in the house of psychotic women These are the girls in the house of psychotic women. Yvette lives in a wheelchair. And Nicole. And Claude. Do you think a person would be satisfied with this? My two sisters are very unlucky. No man will look at them. One's a paralytic, and the other with that hand, it's repugnant. Well, for me, I like them both.
did they want with a man in the house of psychotic women? What do they do to a man in the house of psychotic women? What else? House of Psychotic Women, from Independent International. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. So as we move on to the plot here, the story starts off, we have a man named Gilles, which is played by Paul Nashi, and uh, he's kind of a drifter, kind of hitchhiking around, and he ends up in the town of Perus, and he's looking for work, and he asks around in the local diner or bar or something like that for work, and nobody really gives him any answers, and he seems to be kind of avoiding the police, so we're not sure what his history actually is, if he's maybe on the run or something, or he did something in his past. And after he leaves that diner where he asks about work, the police officer mentions that the guy looks kind of familiar. So Gilles continues to hitchhike down the road and he gets a ride from a woman named Claude. And uh, as he gets in, he notices that she has a disfigured arm. We're not sure what happened if it was burned or what, but it has a prosthetic hand on the end so she can still use that hand. Um, she quickly covers it up when he notices it. Claude is very self-conscious about her arm and her hand. And as they're talking about Jill's situation, Claude mentions, well, they need a caretaker at her estate. She lives in a large mansion with her two sisters. It's just them there and they need somebody to help take care of the, the house and the rest of the estate, the grounds and things like that. And so Jill gladly accepts the job offer. Uh, Claude says that they would pay him very well. So Claude lives on the estate with her two sisters, Yvette and Nicole. And Nicole, she's pretty much a nympho. She tries to seduce every man that she meets. And Yvette is confined in a wheelchair and can't really walk. But it seems like her disability is more psychological or psychosomatic than physical. As we see a discussion between the doctor and her sister Claude, they're discussing her ailment. And Eva is regularly visited by a doctor and they are getting a nurse to come and provide her more care at home. And this whole conversation really stood out to me. The whole idea of her paralysis being more psychosomatic. So that kind of points some fingers at that. Like maybe there's some reason why they brought that up as some maybe clues or some foreshadowing. And we also get the idea from the conversation of some of the locals that the women have trouble keeping people around or they run people off or they kind of have an idea that the sisters are looking for a man to be around the house for for whatever reason or nicole kind of makes a comment whenever Gilles is introduced to them that oh well he's not going to be around for very long so we can kind of see there's some tension between the sisters especially when there's a man around the house because nicole doesn't waste any time pretty soon after Gilles gets there and starts working she seduces him and claude sees this and she is pretty upset about it. So there's definitely some tensions there between the sisters. Uh, Claude has some jealousy with Nicole. And Nicole just wants to try to seduce every man that she comes across. And that always kind of seems to cause drama with everybody else. And we do kind of get a glimpse of Claude's hand without the prosthetic on it. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty disturbing looking. It's pretty gross. But she has this uh, prosthetic hand. So I don't know, the effect is pretty good there. Like the, the prosthetic hand, it moves around like a normal hand, but it's kind of looks like a robot hand almost. And I don't know if that was just the prosthetics back in the 70s or what, because I know the first time I saw a prosthetic hand is more like a hook. 
a metal hook than actually like a hand-shaped thing. So I don't know if this is something that they made just for the movie or if this was like a prosthetic that might have actually been used at the time. Not soon after Jill starts working there, he is actually confronted by another man on the property and uh, Jill asks him what he wants and the stranger proceeds to try to beat up Jill and he draws a knife and tries to stab Jill and he slashes Jill across the chest and Jill actually stabs the guy you know, in his stomach with the knife and the guy runs off. So we don't really know what's happening, but then the police are called. Claude does call the police and they come and, and do like a little investigation. They find out that the man was actually a former employee of the women and he was a former caretaker. And so he was not happy that about being fired. And so he came to attack the new groundskeeper, new caretaker as revenge. So like I said, Yvette is supposed to have a nurse come, a new nurse come to take care of her at the house since she is disabled. And when the nurse arrives, it's actually a different woman than who they were expecting. It's a younger woman. And the young woman says she has a letter from the original nurse saying why she didn't come. And it kind of seems suspicious. I don't know, because later on, the police do find that original nurse dead. She was strangled. So we don't really know what's going on there. We're not sure if this new nurse has some kind of nefarious plans. She seems to be kind of secretive about some things around the house. And, uh, and also... In the midst of this, Gilles has some visions where he is trying to strangle women. And it seems like he's very troubled by these visions. And there's definitely a question of his history. Like, who was he? What is, is he running from something? Did he do something especially bad in the past? Does he have a dark secret that he's hiding from the women? Or do the women have a dark secret that they're hiding from everybody else? We're not really sure. Especially with the, the alternate title of this movie, House of Psychotic Women that really gives us a question mark of what's going on in this house. There's this mysterious accident that's mentioned that caused, supposedly caused Yvette's paralysis and also the injury to Claude's hand and arm. But we really don't know what happened, if it was a car accident or what it was. But it seems like their parents died very suddenly too. That's why the three sisters are kind of on their own on the estate. After we kind of introduced everybody and everybody is kind of settled into their new routine here, we get some murders start to take place. So the locals start to get really suspicious, especially of Gilles. You know, there's some things that kind of come out about his past that really kind of points more fingers towards him. So we really get this uh, story that revolves around the drama of the, among the sisters and the, uh, the tensions mount between the sisters over Gilles and then the murders are happening at the same time. And it's almost like you got these two parallel stories. You got the drama at the house with the women and you have these murders that are happening to local girls. And all the, the murder victims have blonde hair and blue eyes and the killer is collecting their blue eyes for some reason. We don't really know what. And so we're kind of left wondering, are these... You know, because as the murders are going on, you know, it doesn't really affect the sisters at the house and Jill. Um, they're all just kind of carrying out their life as normal. But then after a while, the two stories do intersect and the murders do come onto the property, do cross over onto the property. And so that's kind of where our story really picks up, picks up the pace. And we have an interesting third act where we get reveal of the killer. And we're not sure if this is going to be, is it going to be the obvious Jill? What that everybody's kind of pointing towards? Or will the reveal be a surprise villain? And I think for me, you know, the ending was definitely a surprise. I really liked the ending. It wasn't predictable. Um, I think the writing was interesting in the story. During the, like, the stalking scenes where the you have the murders, the music did kind of change over to this kind of a cool sound effects score. I really liked it because the normal score was just kind of this happy-go-lucky 
kind of jazzy music. It was pretty generic. Um, I do want to give you guys a warning about this movie. There is a scene where there is a pig that was slaughtered, and I do believe that it's that the animal is actually killed on film, which is awful. So I just want to give you guys a warning of that. Um, I think there's some versions that have that scene cut out, but I'm not sure which versions. Uh, the version that I watched on Shudder had that scene included. So just to give you a warning, I did watch this on Shudder. That's probably one of the better places to watch it. It has a good transfer, HD transfer. Uh, the movie looks and sounds great on there, but uh, there is that scene included. So I just want to warn you about that. At the end, like I want to mention this third act. I really like the third act. I like the killer reveal. I thought it was very interesting. I did not expect it. I was kind of trying to figure out who the killer was throughout the movie, and it really leaves you guessing. So I think the writing was pretty good in this movie as far as the plot twists and things like that. Once you do get the killer reveal, it's, it's kind of similar to maybe to some other giallos. It really follows kind of the same kind of uh, format, I guess, that a giallo would. You have a killer, and they have some kind of strange motivations. You know, maybe they collect something from their victims, and so that's what's going on here. So I think this is an interesting take on this Yalo film from maybe a different perspective culturally, you know, from the Spanish perspective. Um, I think Paul Nashi did a good job with the writing. The director did a great job with the directing, I feel like. This was a good movie. Uh, I enjoyed this movie. This is definitely a movie I could watch, you know, again. And I, I did enjoy it. Um, it's a little bit slower in the beginning, kind of getting introduced to characters and everybody's getting established in their role in the movie. But then once the action gets going, it does kind of pick up and has kind of a crazy ending. So I would definitely recommend this to horror movie fans, especially if you like 70s horror, if you like Giallos, if you like Paul Nashi, you know, you get to see Paul Nashi with his shirt off. So if that's your thing, there you go. I give it a thumbs up. It's definitely worth, worth a watch. And again, I watched on Shudder, but I think it's probably available on some other streaming services as well. And my name is Andy, and you've been listening to the World of Horror.